Warning! The following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Friends Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. I'm sorry, son, um, but uh, we do have an advertiser now, Ampsmart. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, go back to your thing. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez, and thanks for joining in on the podcast this week of Dark Fringe Radio. And of course, my co-host with me as always, Jay Colosi. Jay, what's going on, brother? Hey, Mike, 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 Mike. Guess what day it is? It's... It is, and it's another episode of Dark Fringe Radio for all you listeners, and we had a great episode tonight. We're doing an interview with a gentleman by the name of William Lawrence. He is the founder of the SETI Solar Research Institute and also of Bentlights.com, but we'll get into all that in a little bit here in a minute. We're going to do a little bit of intro, then a little mailbag, will you tell me, and then uh, whatever else we get into. So we hope you guys enjoy. How you doing, Jay? I am fantastic, my friend. Just another day in paradise. How are you doing? Very good, very good. And I just wanted to remind everybody about our social media like I always do every week. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, also on Twitter. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. We're there. Please subscribe, like all our stuff. We're constantly putting things up there on a weekly and daily basis. And uh, please check us out there. Also, how to listen to the podcast. Very simple. Pretty much on every platform you can possibly find podcasts. We're on iTunes. Uh, where else, Jay? We're on iTunes, Google Play. Where else? We're on Stitcher, Spotify. Exactly. We're so. on. Yeah, we're. And we're on everything but Grinder. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, let's stay off of <laughs> Grinder, dude. Yeah, let's not uh, get on that one. <laughs> you could be on Tinder. You're a single man, but Grinder, I don't know about that, dude. No, that's a that's a whole that's a don't whole judge. other thing, brother. <laughs> don't, don't judge. This is a judgment free podcast. That's correct, man. Yeah, exactly. We do not pass judgment here. Anyway, so. Uh, getting back to the podcast, uh, yeah, if you check us out on any one of those fronts, make sure you subscribe, you give us a five-star rating, and uh, please do that, and it helps us out with the advertisers for you giving guys a free podcast, but uh, tonight we're going to be having our interview with William Lawrence, but before we do all that, Jay, of course, we got to get into the mailbag. Send me a postcard, drop me a line. Are you ready for the mailbag? Like Elton John on holiday. Oh boy, oh boy, Liberace on, <laughs> on New Year's Eve, right? <laughs> well, whatever, man. Hey, did you ever see Whatever, that? you say mailbag, I was just trying to come up with something funny. Come hey, on. Hey, did you ever see that documentary of Liberace that, um, what's his fucking face fucking played? Anyways, Matt Damon played the the lover of Liberace. It was fucking hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Oh, who was the wow. guy? No, no, no. Who was it? It'll come to me in a second. I, I remember the movie. Yeah. I didn't yeah. actually see it. 
Yeah. But I can't remember who played the it lead, called, who actually played Liberace. It was called Behind the Candelabria or something like that. And uh, yeah, who, was the, who was the guy who played um, in Ant-Man, the older guy? What's his name? Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas. That's exactly who it is. That's exactly who played oh. Liberace. Yeah. So it was Michael Douglas and Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon was this little bitch. It was hilarious. Anyways, getting back to the Weird podcast. pairing right yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Very weird. Anyways, getting back to the mailbag. All right, Jay. So uh, we had a couple things this week in the mailbag. First one for this week is from a Mark Francone from Columbus, Georgia. And the uh, subject of the email is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. So uh, Mark writes, Hello, gentlemen. My name is Mark, and I came across a movie on Netflix this past weekend, and it was a biopic of Ted Bundy played by Zac Efron. I found the movie Mm -hmm. quite entertaining, and I thought Zac did a good job of portraying Ted Bundy. I don't know if you guys saw it. I would like to get your opinion as to what you thought about it. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Mark Francone from Columbus, Georgia. Mark, thanks for sending in the, uh, the email for the mailbag. I appreciate that. And uh, Jay, have you seen this uh, documentary yet? Or not documentary, biopic, I guess you could say. Uh, I've only seen snippets. I've not, uh, unfortunately, I haven't had enough time uh, as of recent to sit down and go all the way through it. But I've heard great things. I've heard great things. I've heard Zach Efron was, was pretty much spot on. Uh, I've heard he steals the show in every scene he's in. Uh, I've heard nothing but rave reviews. Yeah, it's a great, um, great biopic. I saw it and I, I thought it was great. There's a, a lot of great actors in it. Uh, Jeffrey Donovan is in there. Um, he's like a very uh, uh, kind of an actor who kind of comes in and out of uh, really good movies that he does really good in. Um, also, uh, Jim Parsons, uh, the guy from Big Bang Theory, Sheldon, he's also in it. He plays the prosecutor. Um, uh, John Malkovich is the fucking judge. So you have a lot of great actors in this um, in this show. And so, um, yeah, I saw it. I thought it was great. Zach Efron, yes, he fucking knocked out of park, man. I mean, he really he must have just watched a video and video of Ted Bundy because he just got all the mannerisms down. And I don't know for me, it was a movie that if you're a guy, I guess you could say it was okay and it was good. But I think if you were a woman, it was just like, Oh, it was such a downer for a woman. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, I could, I could see where you would kind of follow that logic. Although I don't know, man, a lot of women I know are into like those true crimes and things like that. So that might actually be kind of up their alley. Yeah, you might be right. You, you totally could be spot on. I mean, I could be totally off. But, man, it just felt like, you know, the women just got the shit in the stick in this whole story. And it was just, like, so well, horrible. But, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, kind of knew that was going to happen, right? I yeah. mean, it's like going to see Titanic and then being like, oh, shit. Yeah, the prop sank. Spoiler I mean, alert. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, okay, listen. If somebody hasn't seen Titanic by this point. They're not going to be upset by a spoiler I just dropped because it was like 800 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Well, listen, um, Mark, thanks for sending in the uh, question for the mailbag. And, uh, yeah, we both – I saw it. Uh, Jay has seen parts of it. I'm sure he'll pick it up. It's on my list. Uh, it's on his list, and it's it's a great, great biopic. He did a great job, and I highly recommend it. So um, on to the next one, Jay. Uh, looks like from Lisa Graham from San Antonio, Texas. Subject is Haunted Doll. Okay. Um, oh, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what Lisa mm-mm. has to say. Lisa writes, good morning, fellas. My name is Lisa from San Antonio. I was wondering if you guys would be interested in a very unique doll. Um, I noticed in some of your postings, it seems to indicate that you have interest in such items. And to go back to what makes this doll extra special, because it is allegedly contains the spirit of a dead woman. 
that was a caretaker for two children and somehow died of very suspicious circumstances. Uh, nevertheless, I was wondering if you guys would like to have it as some sort of mascot for your podcast. Look forward to hearing back from you, and thank you, Lisa Graham from San Antonio, Texas. Um, uh, Lisa, I think I'm going to leave this one up to Jay to um, uh, respond to you, because I think we are both on the same side of the fence as this one. But go go ahead, Jay. Uh, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my impersonation of Flipper the Dolphin, uh, and what he would take. Uh, we appreciate the offer, Lisa. That is very sweet of you. Um, we, at some point, I'm sure if we ever have a studio, which is one day the plan, we'll have some weird little knickknacks and, and things around. Um, but I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, we no. love you very much. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, we appreciate it. And uh, we thank you for the email and thank you for the offer. I was sweet. Yeah. I mean, um, if I was into having, um, haunted items in my house, I would take it. Unfortunately, I am not into having haunted items in my household. So, especially haunted dolls. Yeah, yeah, that's Ugh. just that's a whole other creep right there, a factor. But uh, listen, Lisa, I do appreciate it. Jay appreciates it very much as well. We're just going to do a nice little hard pass on this one, but we do appreciate it. So, um, again, uh, two very interesting emails for this week for the mailbag, Jay, and that concludes it. And uh, that's it. So, uh, anything else for the mailbag, Jay? Hi. No, uh, we appreciate both of those uh, emails, just like we've said the last couple weeks. If you have anything, questions, comments, uh, topics, if there's anything for any reason, always email us. We try to read them. Um, you know, we want to keep it to just a couple of, a week, but we try to pick out some of the most interesting. And those are two very interesting ones, both with the <laughs> Ted Bundy and then, of course, the offer up of the Haunted Doll. Yeah, to say the least. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you for sending that in. And we do encourage everybody else to send in um, anything, questions, concerns, uh, guest suggestions, show suggestions. We've been getting a lot of those lately, too. Uh, so send that in to us. You can just send it to us directly at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, that's thedarkfringe at gmail.com. So uh, that's it for the Mailbag Jay. I guess we're going to get into our next segment, which is Will You Tell Will Me? Will You Tell Me? Yeah. So uh, yeah. This has been a new uh, little, uh, you know, thing that we've been doing here the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, we've gotten some pretty good reviews on it. So let's start it off and see what you have for me this week, Jay. All right. So uh, being that this week's episode is all about uh, communication, um, you know, finding new ways to reach out and see if there's extraterrestrial life or even find just better ways to communicate with it if we do eventually find it or admit that it's there. I'm not saying anything. We know which way I lean. So, in that respect, I went for the will you tell me that has to do with some communication. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, communication is obviously, as we know, Will, a big way for you and I to do this podcast. People make contact. Uh, it's, it's huge when it comes to uh, making sure that everyone has all the information ahead of them. Communication is big. So, that being said, Back in the Cold War, back in the Cold War, and I'm, I'm trying to give you a little hint because I know this one's going to be, is not going to be an easy one for you, my man. Back during the Cold War, there was a project called the Westford Needle. Will, can you tell me what the Westford Needles were? The Westford Needles, I think, was a form of um, SOS, uh, what they call a, um, I'm trying to think of the word, and it's eluding me at this point. 
what do they call that? Morse code. That's what I'm trying to find. That's the word that I was trying to figure out. It was a form of Morse code that was done through pins and needles that kind of like did like a binary code and it would basically send out a message. You would receive a message through binary code, zeros and ones. No, you are <laughs> full of shit. The, the, I have to admit, the ability in which you just make that shit up, uh, it's impressive. It is impressive, isn't it? Is it is impressive. It is impressive. So at the height of the Cold War, uh, international communications were sent either undersea cables or bounced off the natural ions, uh, ions here. Ah, okay. So, basically, what was known as Project Westford, Westford, excuse me, Project Westford, or Westford Needles, or Project Needles, this, uh, this project was being tested in the early 50s during the, the beginning of the Cold War, right, right, actually, kind of at one of the more imperative times of the Cold War. And, and what the military did was they actually um, developed small copper antennas. And they actually were, were trying to get them into the ionosphere. They actually did this. They put a ring of those needles around the planet like as if Earth were Saturn. And they were testing out if they could get a more accurate and thorough communication bouncing off that ions off the uh, Westford Needle in the event that the Soviets cut our undersea lines or uh, enable our, our communication. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I've, I've heard of something like that, but I, I didn't put two and two together fast enough, so I had to come up with that alternative uh, uh, <laughs> explanation that I gave you earlier. But uh, Yeah, that's, it's fun to hear you spin shit, man. Yeah, listen, thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll do that again next week where will you tell me and uh, we're going to get into our interview now with Mr. William Lawrence, again, the founder of the SETI uh, Solar Research Institute and also of BentLights.com. And make sure you uh, check out that website and a lot of the evidence that we're going to be talking about here uh, momentarily. Uh, you could be, you could watch and look at firsthand right there on the website. So uh, make sure you do so. And, and I hope you enjoy the interview with Mr. William Lawrence. This is Robert Sullivan, author of The Royal Arch of Enoch, Cinema Symbolism, Cinema Symbolism 2, A Pact with the Devil, and you are now listening to Dark Fringe Radio. All right, Dark Fringe Radio listeners, our guest tonight is a photographer who has been researching and investigating new methods of communicating with extraterrestrial intelligence. Developing a new method of spectroscopy has uh, developed and discovered extraterrestrial messages and photos in the visible light frequency of our star, the sun. He is the founder of the SETI Solar Research Institute and of bentlights.com. Please welcome William Lawrence. William, thanks for coming on Dark Fringe Radio. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. No, absolutely. It's a pleasure having you on as well. And listen, man, you sent me this information and this stuff really blew me away. And um, what I'm talking about is this, you know, this this research that you've been you know developing and researching getting into about bent light and getting into how we are receiving or you can able to receive messages from extraterrestrials through a type of light source versus let's just say radio signals is that correct that is correct it's the visible light frequency so we're talking about the visible light frequency. So is it maybe like a more advanced um, version of maybe like fiber optics? Is that what, like, maybe I'm going down the right path or no? It's, it's similar to fiber optics. It's uh, a, a form of communication. Like, for example, radio waves are a form of light. 
there within the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, visible light is a form of light as well, which is visible to the naked eye, which can be encoded with data. Fiber optics, they uh, rely on tiny flashes like pulses. So it's sending information, but it's sending it in binary ones and zeros, whereas visible light can be encoded, modulated with data, ones and zeros binary as well, and then sent with, um, and it can carry about a thousand times more information than radio waves. And faster as well, if if, um, what I'm reading is correct. Is that, is that, is that I'm assuming correct? The visible light frequency and radio waves are are the same. They they move at the speed of light, so they both move equally. However, you can put a thousand times more information in the visible light spectrum than you can in the radio wave spectrum. Gotcha, so gotcha. you could send a thousand gigabytes a second using lasers, or something that's more maybe detailed for per se. Correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, William, take me back. Let's let's rewind here for a second and take me back to where all this started. I mean, uh, you know, where did this whole interest of extraterrestrials and, and ghost hunting come from? Because I think how you fell into all this was you were trying to develop a way to communicate with, you know, paranormal and the ghosts. Is that correct? Yes. Um, growing up, I had a few experiences with spirits. And I was haunted at one time where I actually seen the entity form. So I've always had, I've always been aware of the presence of of energy around me, and I was at the time years ago watching what was very popular at the time, uh, Ghost Hunters on television, mm-hmm. and I was living in California when I actually made the discovery, and I had sunlight coming in through my window, so I decided to just make a rainbow and take a picture of a rainbow. This was in 2013. Mm-hmm. In doing so, I was using a digital camera. And when I zoomed into the rainbow in one of the photographs, there were objects that didn't belong in there. So I was able to see a woman opening the gate to a cemetery. And you could see like the tombstones and trees. And it was a brick wall, but with a chain link gate opening. Very detailed. I saw an Indian crossing a creek. And he was walking up to a small wood cabin, and there was three men on horseback waiting to the left of the cabin. There were other entities that formed all within this one photo of the rainbow that I created. There was an army soldier with a bazooka on his back, and he was smiling. So I found people in light, so I assumed it was connected to the paranormal. So in 2015, I remembered what I did in 2013. So I was like, let me just grab what equipment and tools I could find to to replicate exactly what I did then. So I grabbed what equipment I could find and I went I did the experiment with the idea that I'm going to be able to communicate with spirits. Mm-hmm. But to my surprise, after running the experiment about a 3 weeks I was able to see that it wasn't just paranormal. It was actually connected to the extraterrestrial realm. Mm, interesting. And actually, that's a, a theory that I um, subscribe to myself. I, I find that there is, uh, you know, a lot. Uh, I think there's a, a very thin veil between the paranormal and 
uh, the extraterrestrial because I mean it it just it seems like it could go together. I mean it just fits perfectly, um, and there's a, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, but getting back to you know what we're talking about here, you started getting all these images and messages. You know, starting to do that, you started seeing like very different things. Like you were you, you were explaining, you know, the Indian. Um, you also saw one thing which you actually took a photo of, which I thought was phenomenal by the way which was the galileo spyglass <laughs> i thought that was one of the most very significant pieces of you know photography ever if anything i mean that's that's phenomenal from what i saw and what you're describing there is a man looking through a what you would call a spyglass back in you know maybe the 15th or 16th century which would they use like a telescope to look into the obviously into space and to you know look at the stars and the moons and stuff like that but yeah it looks plain as day right there like exactly how you you, you know you spelled it out and that was uh, one of galileo's inventions and what happened was when he invented the the spyglass he was able to make many great discoveries he was one of the first to look into outer space and see that the sun doesn't orbit around the earth but the earth orbits around the sun and the catholic church at that time um took him into court and they found him guilty and they put him on house arrest because he was ill at the time but he could have been sentenced to death for that discovery wow amazing and he was right <laughs> that's the kicker right that's that's and that's one of my favorite photographs of pieces of evidence that I've collected. And that's one of the only ones where they were symbolically sending a message in the light saying, Hey, you know, you can see us and we can see you. And what it is, is they were just showing me that, yes, I I'm seeing them and now they, they can see us. So that was like an actual message. Usually they're only showing themselves. So they're just showing up in the visible light frequencies. Yeah, talking about that, um, there was one photo where it looks like it's like three entities like staring back at you. Um, very creepy uh, when I saw that one. Correct. And all of this came from an idea that I could communicate with, with ghosts using visible light frequencies. So what I'm doing is actually using sunlight instead of radio waves, of course. And I'm just breaking down the visible light spectrum using water and then I'm refracting it and then projecting the light after it passes through the water out a concave plastic lens and projecting that light onto a black metal surface. Once the light is projected to the metal surface, which is perfectly smooth of imperfections, I then take digital photographs of the light on the metal and then I take photographs for around an hour, and then I review the photographs. And it's not until I review the photographs is when I even see anything, because the objects that do form, form faster than the naked eye can see. So I can't see anything at the time I'm taking the photographs. So if, if let me get this right, if I, if I understand this correctly. It's somewhat like almost like an EVP, if you believe that EVPs do exist. Uh, for instance, you know, you can't hear it with the naked ear, but it does, you know, come up on maybe recordings because it comes up on a different frequency, much like this, where this, uh, you know, these images don't come up to the naked eye because, like you said, they're too fast. So they come up in maybe a different, 
you know, a spectrum. Correct. They're able to appear as a digital footprint, just like you're saying, electronic voice phenomena. I'm using digital cameras. And when you take photographs of ghosts, you may not see them with your naked eye, but they appear in the digital photograph. That's so interesting. Let's let's go back and rewind. I know there's you know materials that you need to do this. So you were talking about a concave lens, and you're talking about anybody can do this. Is is that correct? Yes. The instructions are on my webpage, bentlights.com, on one of the articles, how to make contact. And what it is is I was just using a bottled water as the concave lens. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a clear plastic bottle with about an inch of water and you hold that bottle at a 45 degree angle and you allow the sunlight to pass through the water and out the lens which is concaved and then you project that light onto a black metal surface so you you're only taking images of the light you're not taking images of anything else so all you want to do is focus on the light so you hold the the water about three inches away from the metal and you allow it to refract and create a spectrum and you just take photographs digital photographs of the spectrum wow i mean it's just uh it's amazing and it's amazing to know that we can do this i mean that we have the capability ourselves just to you know get the materials do this and see for ourselves and take the photographs and really do some research on our own so that's you know, that's one of the main things that I think is, you know, important about this is that this is recreatable. This is something that you could do on your own, uh, which I think is uh, very important. You know, getting back to, you know, this this whole experiment, I know you're receiving these messages. You know, you use all these instruments. You know, when you received your first messages, there was like a string of unusual events that happened pretty much right after. Can you tell me about those and, and let our listeners know about that as well? When I first made the discovery, it was April... 16th um 2015 i once i made the discovery i i was having one of those wow moments like wow i can't believe it worked and it did work so then weeks prior one week after i made the initial discovery i started getting visited and at this time i had no knowledge of the extraterrestrial presence because all I saw was the the human soul and I saw a few spirits but I did not see any extraterrestrials at this time but then I got visited by this orange sphere it was if you were to look at the sky it looked like the size of the moon and it came in from the south and it was moving north it stopped directly in the back of my house you could see a black substance swirling inside it was completely silent as I walk outside, I call for a witness to come and see what I'm seeing. Of course. They were unable to see it. I start to walk towards it. As I started walking towards it, it then started to move east very slow. And I watched it until it just left the horizon. It just kept moving very slow. After that, for the next two years, I would get visited by unexplained lights. These lights appear like stars in the sky. They would come down. They would hang out for a little bit, and then they would either shoot straight up in the air, or they would shoot. They would dart off in all different directions. Um, the closest one of those that came was whenever I was driving someone home one night. We had one come over the top of the car and into the road in front of us and disappear. 
Yeah, that's interesting. One thing I, I wanted to kind of point out that you mentioned there, and I thought I found very interesting, was that you know you said that you called for a witness to have them come out to see what you saw. They were unable to see what you saw. Now that may be something that I may hypothesize on this, and I, I could be completely wrong. But do you think that since you exposed yourself to that visible light spectrum the first time and sending and receiving those messages by, you know, happenstance, that maybe have opened up of maybe you being able to see other things that other people can't? I'm not exactly sure. Um, honestly, I think the person who denied seeing it um, might have seen it and was just afraid to say uh, that they seen it. Got you. But... However, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, that's, so that's not something I can really test. Yeah, no, I understand. That was just uh, something that I thought of because, you know, much like other people who may see ghosts for the first time, you know, see ghosts pretty much after that, you know, pretty much from that point forward, uh, they become kind of like exposed and open to that. So I was just maybe thinking that may have happened in your case as well. But And what you're saying too, there could be some type of selective, like um, there could be technology available where they can – specifically select who can see and who can't see yeah that's true too and and speaking of which there was an event that happened to you um one afternoon while you were driving and i saw this video because you sent me the link and i'm gonna attach it to this uh to this uh, podcast so all our listeners can look at it too happened at 3:33 in the afternoon explain to everyone what happened please this is when I was getting off of work, and then this is the first year of discovery, and all these things would just happen, um, and I was very aware of these random acts happening. So my, I got into my car at 3.33 in the afternoon. The radio starts flashing, and I decided to start videotaping, and the song playing was Space Song by beach house <laughs> and as i'm videotaping it just keeps flashing and flashing and when i get home i review the videotape and i notice while it's flashing it's manipulating the letters on the screen and in if it, it actually displayed the year 1999 and yes. it displayed my initials whl and then it displayed 1499 mm. then it displayed an unknown language now, it displayed five symbols. The, the first one was like a hieroglyphic, like an upside-down leaf. The second, third, and fourth were numerical. They were some type of numerical symbols. And the very last symbol was a sim sign of a horse with a dash next to it. So these actually appeared on my radio screen. When I looked into the language that was used or what was the closest written language by man – the only language I could find is what Thoth wrote on the Emerald Tablet, which is supposedly one of the very first earliest handwritings mm -hmm. in the world. And what he wrote about that I believe Isaac Newton translated is that he wrote about the sun and many other things on this Emerald Tablet. So there could be a connection between the ancient time and whatever was trying to give me this this message and then to top it off the woman who lived at the house the next day i asked her i was like you know at this time my radio started messing up she said my son was born at 333 and that he has a an angel that watches over him a ghost in the house so what i was thinking could have been possible is maybe she 
the spirit heard me talking to my boss about what I'm doing, and she was able to help whoever's up above to send the message to me at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Very quite possible. I mean, it's it definitely fits. It so fits. And going back to Toth, I mean, uh, you know, that's I think he used I think a sunstone too for navigational purposes. I, I believe that he was responsible for that. So again, we go back to the sun again. I mean, using the sun as a uh, as a tool to gain advantage and 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 gain knowledge uh, of how to navigate. You know, through you know, through the world. And now you're talking about using the sun to communicate, you know, with extraterrestrials. It's just, it really sounds like it fits all together. I found an ancient diagram that was drew written by Peru, which actually showed what I'm doing. It showed the stars. It showed the sun. It showed water refraction of light. Um, it pretty much showed you like information and light on one side like a method of how to bend light and then on the right side it had all these beings and shapes and spheres like little balls and trees like objects so it's like this this knowledge has been around for we're talking thousands of years yes it sounds like it and of course you know as we are now we we lose and have amnesia unfortunately as as humankind has happened unfortunately and we lose this information throughout time uh, but we i think you know we are learning and gaining it back uh, you know slowly but surely especially with this research that you're doing i think it's phenomenal one thing i wanted to ask you that um i heard you say earlier was that you were acknowledging that they were acknowledging you and they were sending messages to you what do you think they're they're trying to say what what messages are they trying to convey to us well what i've been able to do is i've i've detected the frequency that they're using to communicate so i found how they're communicating back and forth okay and in doing so in doing the research that I have done with quantum entanglement. So invisible light frequencies can be entangled. Photons, which are particles of visible light, are can be manipulated and entangled. So when you, you have one photon here, you could have another on the other side of the universe entangled and you could communicate instantly. Now, as soon as you were to intercept a message that's been quantum entangled, the sender of the message will be alerted instantly. So as soon as I set up the experiment and I actually took the very first photograph, they were alerted. And the very first photograph, I caught them off guard. They didn't know I could see them. And there was uh, some type of ritual going on where you had a tall man wearing a robe with a pointy hat and like a silver robe. And you had a bald man with a black suit kneeled down in front of the tall man. And he was holding a brown bowl. And then the tall man had was washing something in his hands. And you could see red dripping down into this bowl. <laughs> that was the very first photograph. And they weren't looking into the camera. Right. But after that, every single photograph they were looking directly into the camera they were right side up so i haven't ever had to turn a photograph sideways i never had to turn a photograph upside down (laughs) um they just appear right side up and they're always looking in so they know that i can see them and they can show themselves in a way to where i'm able to document it for the first time in history yeah that's 
mind blowing, mind blowing. And what do you think the message is, if any, that they're trying to get to us? Are they trying to, you know, show us maybe our history? What do you, what do you think in your estimation, uh, or, or is it too early to tell? At this time, the most important part of this discovery is the future of this discovery. Right. Once scientists were to look into this this information, they'll be able to put together technology that can do it much better than the way I'm doing it. So I discovered the frequency. I know what frequency they're using. So now we need technology that can take the frequency and then in turn put that onto like let's say a computer for example we all use skype or we make phone calls or video calls facetime all of this is running on radio waves but now we will be able to develop technology that uses their frequency so then we could video chat with them so right now they're just happy to be noticed and seen Mm. so now my mission and goal is to communicate the results so that scientists investigate and then we will develop the technology to speak to these people from other civilizations. And then when that time comes, we'll have video and audio, we will be able to trade information and find out either answers about ourselves or develop new technologies. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, is the goal. One thing I wanted to mentioned was that um you're you're getting these photos you're getting all this evidence um, and you're not the only one that's looking into this if i'm not mistaken there's other people that are you know looking into this bent like type of frequency i think you mentioned nasa is looking into this as well is that correct uh well the u.s navy um they actually had patents back in the 1980s where they were using sunlight and they had these retro reflector satellites where they would modulate data into the sunlight and then reflect the sunlight down to Earth. And as the light's coming down, it gets larger and larger like a flashlight would when you shine a light. The further from the wall, the brighter, the bigger the beam on the wall. So then they were sending information with sunlight and they would have receiving stations on the ground that were capturing the information with another type of retro reflector and they were able to use these digital cameras at the time to actually photograph the data and they were pulling data out of sunlight. So now the government has been using visible light frequencies as far as I can see since 1975. NASA is using visible light frequencies and lasers to encode data into laser beams and now SETI Institute, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence out of Mountain View, California, is actually using my methods with their laser SETI project, which has a prism and it bends the incoming light and breaks it into a prism and it has a digital camera where it then sends that refraction of light into the digital camera. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, so you you have this development. They're starting to use it as well. SETI's using it. Well, I reached out to SETI Institute in 2015. As soon as I made the discovery, I looked online and said, hey, what do you do when you detect an extraterrestrial message? They said, you contact the United Nations and you contact SETI Institute. I did both. I got a hold of Seth Shostak. He then sends me an email completely dismissing my discovery as nothing more than looking in the reflection of a bumper 
of a car. Really? And then that was in 2015. And June of 2016 is when I found out that they were actually using my methods. So he dismissed my discovery, but now they're using my method and concept with laser SETI. <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. Do you think, you know, we're talking about extraterrestrials, you know, this is something that is a very controversial subject for some people, uh, not for me and most of my listeners. I think most of us, we believe that they do exist. I mean, it would be kind of foolish to think that, uh, you know, a very small planet in our universe, which is very nominal uh, compared to the rest of, you know, the, uh, of space, you know, that we'd be the only, you know, inhabitants of this, you know, entire you know field of the solar system. I want to go back and what is the correlation, do you think, between the extraterrestrials and the paranormal? We, we kind of touched on that earlier, and I know that there may be a correlation between that, you know, extraterrestrials, and paranormal, and religion and science. What, what do you, where do you find that correlation? Well, with religion and science, they have been paralleling each other for since the beginning of time, and many people have interpreted um energy and spirits and they they've wrote all the religions that we know of however scientists claim there's no physical proof of god there's no physical proof of this but i could beg to differ when we have you know photographic evidence of spirits we have what we were discussing earlier evp phenomena mm -hmm. so now what even nikola tesla said that scientists should study the non-physical realm but they don't However, now we have a link. So what I've been able to do is find this platform where these non-physical beings can communicate with us and talk to us. And I can see them crystal clear. So that's concrete evidence that, that the, the spiritual realm is real. Now, the extraterrestrial realm. We found, I found these advanced reptiles as well as humans. I found non-physical humans, spirits. I found physical humans that look like human. And then I found these advanced reptiles. So my conclusion from this evidence was that even our soul is extraterrestrial. When we leave this earth, when we leave our bodies, we go somewhere else. So while we're here on earth, we're physical, but then our soul leaves our body at death and then it travels somewhere else. Once it leaves the body, we then become extraterrestrial. So the word extraterrestrial can be related right into religion. So religion, when they pray um, to God or the angels above, well, these angels are not on earth. Correct. Therefore... They're extraterrestrial. So what needs to happen is we need to start seeing how even religion is related, you know, to extraterrestrial. But extraterrestrial is religion. They're all connected. Everything is one. Spirits um, connected. And now with the science, what I'm showing you is physical, concrete evidence. So now we, as um, humans, have a scientific connection to religion, spirits, extraterrestrial, everything is included. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like, um, you know, the word itself, extraterrestrial, it's been completely synonymous and, you know, excluded to only like aliens and stuff like that. And it becomes almost like a narrow-minded term because almost like the word occulted, you know, people are, are cult. You know, people think, you know, 
satanic worship. You know, no, that's not what it means. You know, it means hidden language. But you know, it's 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 one of those things that people associate it with, you know, automatically. But it means everything, just like you said. It's all encompassed together, and that's very interesting. I I I'd never thought of it like that, but that's very very uh, interesting. Um, one thing that I've noticed throughout this whole this whole thing, the sun itself is a very key component to all of this, to sending the messages, uh, getting these messages back and forth, talking to these extraterrestrials and these other spirits from, you know, other realms. Do you think that's just the, 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 you know, as far as we can go, or do you think we can go further than that? Well, with, with quantum entanglement, they could be on the other side of the universe. And, you know, in our galaxy alone, which is a hundred thousand light years across, there's hundreds of billions of stars, which all have five to ten planets and solar systems. But then there's hundreds of billions of galaxies in our universe. So we couldn't possibly physically travel to these galaxies because they're too far away. It would take us 400 million years to get to the center of our galaxy moving at 35,000 miles an hour. Even if we can move at the speed of light, it would take us 25 thousand years to get to the center of our galaxy so now we're talking intergalactic we're talking galaxies hundreds of billions of galaxies how can you travel from galaxy to galaxy well physically without some type of contraption you can't do it now non-physically you could therefore our soul our spirit it could be a form of technology where we could be somewhere else in the universe and be able to be right here on earth just by sending our consciousness now with quantum entanglement this is possible the sun could be our if if i was in we'll just simplify this if i was in another galaxy i needed to contact earth i would target the closest light source to that planet i would encode my message in the light source so whoever has access to that light source would be able to decode my message Wow, that uh, it uh, it seems like it all fits, my friend. I mean, uh, and the sun is not the only thing that you use. I, I've I've seen here, um, you know, going through some of your research, you also did a moonlight experiment, which I found quite interesting, uh, where you were able to capture some pretty interesting audio and some growls. Yes, that was the first audio that I've was able to capture and and it sounded like two separate lions that were circling me just growling at each other but what it could have been was a very low frequency wave communication so maybe the 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 sound was very slow so maybe they were speaking faster or it could be an extraterrestrial language i just can't understand it cuz it sounds like growls but now with the moonlight it's still sunlight but it's reflecting Reflected. off the moon. Right. However, the moon is made of all types of materials, so you don't need the metal to, to photograph it. So the moonlight experiment is actually very, very simple to where anyone can do it when all you would need is a bottle of water with about an inch to two inches of water. You take the lens of your camera. I would suggest using like a, a phone camera or iPad camera, and you put it directly on the plastic to where the lens is right up against the water, but it's on the outside. And you hold that up to the light, and you let the spectrum start to break down and refract. And you take video for around three to four minutes. And as you review the video, you will then see how these 
the spectrum can be manipulated and these objects can form. <laughs> I guess I know what I'm doing Saturday night. So um, I'm going to clear my calendar and uh, get my uh, stuff ready for that because I really want to check that out. Um, and there's videos of the process. So if, if anyone who's interested on YouTube, Bent Light, you can see the videos of the process. So then you can then run the experiment yourself. And I've had other people. I've had someone outside of Saudi Arabia in Oman, a physicist there, ran the experiment. He was able to get one of the entities that I found, the gold reflective eye reptiles, and he sent that to me. And then there was another guy in um, Manchester, England, who was actually able to capture what seemed to be the bald man that I've captured in many of my photographs. So people are doing the experiment. And they're able to replicate some of the results. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. So, William, what's next? I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, we have all this evidence. Uh, people are also capturing evidence in other parts of the world, and they're sending it to you. They're doing the same experiments you're doing. Where do we go from here? What's what's the next step? The next step is communicating the results. So what I did is, you know, I had a theory. I had a hypothesis. I followed the scientific method. I um, ran the experiment for two years consecutively i um i gathered all the physical evidence that i could gather i replicated the experiment i've already proven that it works i got proof of concept so right now i'm just communicating the results of a two-year experiment which has photographed and captured detailed messages from another civilization my only goal at this time is to have it investigated by scientists where they need to come in take all the information that I have and publicly investigate it, not privately, but publicly. So then they would then come to their conclusions. And I'm 100% certain because I've been trying to disprove for the past two years. And all I continue to do is find information proving and completely solidating this whole entire theory with all the evidence and all the discoveries being made at this time we should look into the visible light frequency but i'm the only one of the only seti researchers to search our star so scientists who are looking for messages from other civilizations are targeting stars and other galaxies but i'm the very first to analyze our star for information and that's where i found the information yeah and it makes sense that the star would be the center point of where this information is being you know transferred through and and it makes perfect sense but uh, the our star is being avoided by all the radio dishes in in the world when they're targeting stars that are like billions or millions of of, of light years away or you know they're looking for messages out in in deep space when little do they know all they had to do was target our own star and that's where we can pull the information from so they can't they've been searching for 35 years out in deep space for extraterrestrial messages in the radio spectrum and they have yet to find anything i searched for one day in our star and detected messages. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, there you go. I mean, the proof is in the pudding right there. Um, so the, the goal is to communicate the results at this time, because my experiment is done, and get scientists to investigate. Yeah, we need that. We need that because this obviously needs to be investigated because obviously you're finding results. And not only that, you're trying to 
disprove it. And not only that, when you try to disprove it, you're finding out that it's just uh, proving your hypothesis uh, as correct. So, um, you know, this is, is all fantastic information. I want to make sure all our listeners go to bentlight.com. Look at all this information. It's all right there. You can do this all yourself. Um, you have any publications, anything else coming out in the near future, William? At this time, I'm, I'm working on articles. I'm, I'm doing shows. You know, I have a show, um, Midnight in the Desert in Chicago coming, and then I got a few shows. I'm going to be doing shows in the, the United Kingdom soon, in England as well. And what I'm hoping for is that I'm, I'm in contact with a lot of American scientists. All these scientists are completely dismissing my idea or or they don't want nothing to do with it. So now my goal now is to reach out to scientists overseas and communicate the results to them and hopefully one of these scientists over there will be able to to um bring this to the next level where I feel it should be. But the website is uh, bentlights.com and you can find all my recent articles there. Uh, also I post information and shows, but I I'm writing articles as they come because I'm still researching the information on how it's even possible, how this discovery was even possible. So these, anytime I see something of new, that interest that is connected, I will write an article about that. Yeah, I did notice that because you, I noticed one thing that you, uh, co- you know, uh, correlated uh, with this visible light spectrum uh, is also telepathy. You know, telepathy being a form of like quantum communication. That, that correct? Correct. Now, with psychics as well, psychics have been t- using telepathy for years. Even the CIA did a remote viewing right. where they were using that type of telepathy. And and what I what I figured out was the neurons inside our brain are like little visible light frequencies, and they send light back and forth. Even your nerves inside your body, when you touch something and it's hot, it's sending a visible light wave to your brain. And then in turn, that is sending it to another visible light wave. And even our thoughts, our thoughts alone and our memory is light, visible light and neurons. So it seems that everything is connected to visible light, including brain waves and the 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 possibilities are endless. Yeah, it seems like we're only just scratching the surface at this point. Even though it's as significant as what you discovered is is crazy enough. I mean, it really does sound like we're just only scratching the surface here. In like you're saying, it's going to open the door to to revolutionize um, humanity, science, technology, um, pretty much everything we know will could possibly change. Yeah, it can. And, it can. And, you know, it's amazing that you're going to be able to, you know, be one of the people that rewrite all this. And please, I mean, don't, you know, everybody, there's going to be people out there that are going to, you know, try to discredit you and, you know, put you down. You know, I, I, I look at a guy like, for instance, Graham Hancock, who's a guy who out there, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but there's scientists that completely discredit him all the time. And he's constantly coming out with new, you know, information and research and, you know, disproving a lot of things, just like yourself. Uh, you know, you're able to, uh, you know, show a different way of being able to communicate uh, and people are just ignoring it. And, um, you know, the results are right there. And I just wish more people uh, would realize it. Well, I can promise you this, and this is what, what I have. The, the cards are in my hand because I can guarantee you scientists will dismiss it and they have 
have been doing so. I'm not going to name shame and, and call out anyone who I'm in contact with, but they know who they are. And I will just say this. They will dismiss it, but I can promise you they cannot disprove it. Correct. So there's a difference in opinion. So when I dismiss something, I'm just giving you my opinion on what I know. But if I'm bringing physical evidence to the table saying, hey, here's the evidence. If you were to bring me to a judge and you had a jury, I brought my physical evidence, and then you have the scientists on the other side come and making their case, they would have no case unless they could disprove, and they can't disprove it. So that's my main goal is the investigation. Once the scientific investigation is in place, we will then confirm the detection of extraterrestrial messages or messages from other civilizations. We will then have a communication system built to communicate with galaxies far and beyond, an intergalactic communication channel. And then we will then be able to trade information and we will gain knowledge of who we are, who we will become, and what technology is available that we can be using. Invaluable information, might I add. It sounds like <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, it, this is all wonderful stuff, man. And I urge every one of my listeners look and check out the website bentlights.com. Uh, look at all this information. You can see it for yourself. Everything that we're talking about right here tonight, you can see for yourself. All the photographs, um, you know, the uh, the video of the uh, of the clock uh, and the radio on, in 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 uh, that afternoon in the car. Uh, everything that we talked about tonight, you can see all that information. It's it's just phenomenal stuff. Um, again, William, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Again, tell everybody where they can find your information. You can find all my information at bentlights.com. I'm also on Facebook at Bent Light. You just look for Albert Einstein. And he's there. That's it, man. Listen, thank you so much, William, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And once you have more uh, evidence and things uh, progress, please, we're going to have you back on and talk about it uh, some more and uh, talk about all that new evidence as well. For sure, man. It was a great conversation, and I looked forward to future conversations. Absolutely. Listen, William, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and have a great night. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. All right, and thank you again to Mr. William Lawrence. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast uh, tonight and giving us your uh, your take and your theory regarding this quantum communication. Absolutely amazing. And you can follow all of his stuff again at bentlights.com. Again, that's bentlights.com, plural. Uh, that's with an S at the end, uh, dot .com. So make sure you check out all that stuff there. All the evidence that we spoke about is uh, right there on the website. Jay, we're going to get into the uh, outro here tonight. But of course, uh, before we do that and we you know bid farewell to everybody, we'd have to do, of course, what to watch. What are we? Of course. What, what, what do you have to watch this week, Jay? Tell us. What I'm going to suggest everybody watch, you know, Will and I have actually this all started with Will and I talking uh, about a fight between McGregor and Mayweather and has kind of spun into what it is today. Um, so there, I was a former wrestler, and there was a big tournament called Beat in the Streets where they, they wrestle in Madison Square Garden. And there's a multiple-time world champion named uh, Jordan Burroughs, excuse me. And then, of course, there's a famous fighter, uh, Ben Askren. Well, the two of them just had a wrestling match. So in that kind of vein, I actually went back and I watched a 30-for-30 a guy named Dave Schultz. Uh, Dave Schultz was a fantastic multiple-time world and Olympic champion wrestler uh, who was gunned down 
and was turning out to be his second prime as a as a wrestler. Usually wrestlers back then maybe he made it to thirty. Uh, whereas Dave was now in his early to mid thirties and still wrestling uh, actually at a higher level than he had ever been able to compete at before and he was shot in his prime um, by uh, John DuPont, who was the owner of the DuPont factory. In fact, there's a famous movie called Foxcatcher with Channing Tatum. You could catch that as well. Yeah. Uh, but the 30 for 30 on Dave Schultz, I think I appreciate that more because it shows more of Dave Schultz, who should be highlighted, and not John DuPont, who was a crazy bajillionaire. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what everybody says. And, yeah, that's a... I really appreciate the, uh, you know, the wrestling, uh, the, the, you know, of course, the authentic. We're talking about Greco-Roman, you know, Olympic-style wrestling. Uh, I really do appreciate it. You know, I dabbled in it a little bit in high school. I loved it. I, you know, I, I loved the sport of it. I, I can appreciate the athleticism. I, and it's, it's amazing uh, to see that it's as popular now. Or I'm probably assuming i'm throwing this shit out there i think it might be even more popular now than it was before when i was in high school in jay so um you know oh god yeah yeah i mean because of mma just because of mma alone it has brought eyes to of course wrestling and because everybody knows that wrestling is a great base for mma um it's been you know tried you know true and true you know that that's a great base it's yep. either that or brazilian jiu-jitsu it's the only those are the only two options to have or if you're going to be a striker if you're a striker you start off with but you have to have a base no matter what and it's got to be either right. wrestling or you know brazilian jiu-jitsu so nonetheless i mean yeah i mean that's a, a great suggestion for what to watch jay and i'm definitely going to check that out um one to kind of parallel on that one jay i want to kind of throw that out there there's also a uh wrestling now, not the kind of wrestling we were just talking about, but more professional style, you know, the fake kind, but entertaining nonetheless. But it's called Dark Side of the Ring, and it's on Vice. And it basically highlights, you know, very uh, interesting, very dark episodes of highlights of wrestlers and and maybe things that happen in professional wrestling. I th the first one they uh, highlighted was the death of Bruiser Brody, who was a... Uh, a wrestler who ended up getting stabbed in the back of a locker room in Puerto Rico. And it, um, from that point on, it changed a lot of things in professional wrestling. And uh, so they, they start off with that story. They get into the story between uh, of Macho Man and his wife, Miss Elizabeth, and how that whole dynamic was when they were married and then they were divorced and still kind of together on TV, but not together in real life. And it, just all the different aspects and dynamics about that. And it, the list goes on and on. But just a great series. I think four of them have come out so far. But if you guys have a chance to check it out, it's called uh, Dark Side of the Ring. It's on Vice. You can check it out. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's my suggestion for the week. But that's a great suggestion, Jay. Uh, We're really going to check that out. That sounds cool. It's, it's weird that we both kind of parallel. I mean, there's two different styles of wrestling, obviously. You know, one is real and the other one is a little more pop than circumstance, if you will. Of course. Of um, course. But still, I, I look forward to checking that out, Dark Side of the Ring. Um, it's funny that we both parallel the same kind of topic. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's funny that, uh, yeah, it, we just always have that same, you know, stream of consciousness there, Jay. Always the same stream of consciousness. <laughs> but, uh, well, great, man. I guess I... Go ahead. I guess all crazy minds think alike. That's correct. That's correct. Well, listen, uh, thanks for uh, giving you that suggestion for what to watch. And uh, that's it for the podcast. Again, everybody, you can check out our podcast everywhere podcasts are heard again itunes youtube uh, stitcher 
uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher again. Uh, who, what else did I didn't mention? Google Play. <laughs> Google Play. Yeah, I mean, there's a way to get podcasts. You can find us. Exactly. So just make sure you do give us a five star rating and a like, and uh, we'll shout you out of the podcast. We really appreciate it. And that's it for this week of Dark French Radio. Jay, anything else? That's it for me, guys. Uh, I want to say a, a big thank you to our guest. Uh, he, it's, a, it's an amazing topic. I hope everybody really enjoys it. Enjoys that information. If there's anything more you want from us, just let us know, and we'll do everything we can. Absolutely. Again, Will Martinez for Dark French Radio and Jay Colosi. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Dark French Radio recorded in Mephistopheles Studios. Any correspondence can be sent to thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.